Hello everyone, welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies. Today we're going to be going very recently, um, back to the year 2017. A year that gave us a lot of wonderful movies, um, including Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, um, the great nasty uh, French horror movie Raw, um, and speaking of horror, 2017 also gave us Get Out, which is one of the all-time great horror movies and also it chapter one came out that year which um is a great stephen king adaptation we also got two of the best um marvel movies in spider-man homecoming and thor ragnarok and the great uh pixar movie which about my culture <laughs> coco which is about day of the dead um but the movie that we're going to be talking about is a movie that um i love and a movie that i think um, epitomizes just how much um, popular movies have kind of changed, and that's Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water. Um, I mentioned in a recent episode that the only horror movie to ever win, um, like Best Picture, was Science of the Lambs, but that was true up until a few years ago because The Shape of Water, um, which is very much a horror movie, um, it's very much a fantasy as well also won um best picture that year um the shape of water is basically like a modern remake of um the creature from the black lagoon still set in the 1950s but told as a romance um there's a lot of great fantasy elements and like this is guillermo del toro so there's just a lot of um, I'm sorry, it was the 60s, not the 50s, but regardless, um, he always does a lot of interesting stuff wherein um, the monsters are the more sympathetic characters and his, um, um, I, I guess he's his amphibian man, that's what he's called, not the gill man. His amphibian man in this movie, um, he's kind of enigmatic and you really get to uh, know him more through Sally Hawkins, um, through her character, and you don't, I, I think you get a couple of glimpses of what other people see him as. Um, I mean, Michael Shannon straight up just sees him as this abomination that needs to be destroyed. And um, um, Richard Jenkins' character just kind of, I think, sees him as um, something beautiful, um, something artistic, you know, and kind of makes sense from his point of view. And I feel like this is... Um, Gilmore told a lot of interviews talked about his love of monsters and, and this really shows that love that he has for monsters and how um he feels like the otherness of monsters really talk to us about our own humanity and the real villains are the humans like michael shannon is this character's fucking despicable in this movie like he's bigoted he he's evil <laughs> like there's really no other way of putting it um michael shannon's great in this michael shannon is is just really good at playing just hateable characters um who see themselves as in the right which i think is uh, something that makes for great villains where they don't see themselves as doing as being incorrect or, or being on the wrong side of history like they see themselves as being doing what's right you know and and, and that very much um, sums up michael shannon's character um the shape of water really reminds me in a way also of del toro's earlier work on like pan's labyrinth where the ending is really open-ended and you can see it however you want like you know this is either um sally hawkins's like she's dying and and this is like all in her head like what happens in the end or she really is transformed um into a creature alongside her beloved amphibian man and they're able to 
you know, live their life together as a monster and, and, and wife, <laughs> basically. Um, the Shape of Water is wonderful. It's um, really well done. Um, it's beautiful to look at. It has this great use of music. And I think um, because everyone is just kind of so focused on the monster itself, it's able to kind of just talk about bigotry and um, and about love and what that means. And it has like these headier themes in it. it and, not, and, and not that Del Toro's earlier work doesn't have those things. It does. But this is just... It's just a great movie. And on top of that, you know, it, it has a woman having sex with a fish man. So fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if you're going to if you're going to go for weird shit in a movie, throw that in there, too. I think that um, it's a movie, man. You might as well just if you're going to go for it, go for it, you know. And um, I think this is a great movie. I think this is just a great example of Del Toro at his best. Um, I it's definitely one of his best movies. If it's not his best movie, it's like top two. Um, it's either that or Pan's Labyrinth. Like it, those are, are definitely his top movies. Um, but I mean, I love Del Toro and I think this does a couple of things. Like it um, just kind of continues that trend of um, Mexican directors getting, um, you know, um, their their um, artistry, their mastery of, of cinema being... Um, hailed and being rewarded which is just great for um for my culture as a mexican-american and um it also just kind of opens up more and more people to, to guillermo toro's um weirdness <laughs> uh, which is great we need more people that have as striking visions as del toro and and not that it has to all be horrific or that it has to all be fantasy but um i just like seeing people with with a very interesting voice, and Guillermo del Toro definitely does. The other movie that I wanted to talk about, um, like I've mentioned plenty of times, this isn't a Star Wars podcast, and I haven't really talked about Star Wars in depth since the first one. But the other movie that I wanted to talk about is The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, I think, is great. I think this is one of the best Star Wars movies, and by saying that, I, I know that that's a divisive comment, because this movie for some reason is extremely divisive and i kind of get it i i don't really get all the backlash to it but um i'm gonna say i'm gonna do a little detour and talk about batman v superman real quick uh so as i've mentioned before i'm a huge fan of comic books and batman is one of my all-time favorite characters um i haven't really talked about superman but superman is also one of my favorite comic book characters of all time and batman v superman broke me this was a movie where you had um superman who is supposed to be the symbol of hope um it's even mentioned in fucking man of steel which is a prequel to to this movie um you know he is supposed to be presented as kind of like what we can aspire to as humanity like the best of us and he is they miss the point of superman so badly in this movie and batman to a certain extent as well although having a violent batman that kills people there's been versions of that and not that superman's never killed because he has but um you know this is like literal last resort and something that made him question himself um like at the end of of um man of steel he just he, he kills zod and then it's like ah no and, and then like in Batman v Superman, it's like nothing fucking happened. He's like doing whatever, and he's just being this aloof asshole. And it's just it, it's so badly 
it's such a bad take on this character it's such a fundamentally misunderstood take on this character that when people started talking about the last jedi and were upset about how um luke skywalker was presented i got it i understood where they were coming from because i had seen a movie that literally took a character and completely misunderstood it but the difference the, the difference here is that the way that luke acts in this movie while it is unexpected um based on how he's you know where he's at at the end of return of the jedi and the way that he's talked about in the force awakens it actually fits with his character because this isn't someone who is always been seen as this extreme badass luke has always been someone who has struggled with the power that he has and has struggled with how to use it so having him have a moment where he falters where he gives in to the dark side even for a second and gives in to fear specifically um makes sense for him i mean this is a character whose family has been killed the people that raised him his aunt and his uncle he found their dead bodies like he um had to fight his father on multiple occasions and had to do what he could in order to try to get him to be a better man and he was able to redeem him in the end um this is someone who <laughs> probably had sexual feelings towards his sister um this is someone who everyone that he's loved has died outside of outside of leia you know um or isn't is a an android is a robot not an android um this is a, a man who's dealing with deep deep ptsd and so to have him kind of having that doubt and not wanting to take on a new apprentice for me it makes a lot of sense and i think the, the great thing about the last jedi is that it takes these bold um risks you know and, and did they all work no like i mean okay having just the like the slowest chase in space is kind of fucking dumb but um does it ruin the movie no is ray like is her having like this great power any better than like luke not really and and i feel that a lot of that is kind of boils down to unfortunately misogyny or just nostalgia like if i'm if i'm being generous it's nostalgia because people grew up with luke and so seeing him as just this super competent badass you know jedi it makes sense you know and questioning ray because you're older um and how she's able to do it um you know i i get it but at the same time it's like this movie doesn't betray star wars it doesn't like undo or it isn't complete out of character with um with you know the previous movies and in a way it's kind of sad that they they switch course to a certain extent um with um you know rise of skywalker but at the same time this is star wars um like i've mentioned i, I feel like people that love star wars hate star wars just as much as they love it and this i feel is aspiring to something more with star wars and because of vocal minority disney got spooked and kind of changed course and it kind of sucks but if you haven't gone back and rewatched it check out the last jedi with without that bias and, and just see it as this um risk-taking story of redemption for luke and of um discovery of for ray thank you for listening and we'll see you next time